This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat medical conditions or problems. It is not a substitute for seeking veterinary attention for your pet. If you have concerns about your pet's health, please contact your veterinarian. Welcome to the Pets Are Family Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leanne Devi, and joining me is my co-host, Tom Lapidat. Good afternoon, Dr. Devi. How are you? I'm doing well. And how about yourself? Fantastic. Wonderful. Trip to San Diego. You had a cruise. Everyone's oh, so back nice. <laughs> and rejuvenated and ready to talk about how pets are family and what we can look forward to. These holidays, I believe, is going to be the subject matter That's for today. That's right. We're going to talk about holiday safety for your pets. And if you want to contact us, we highly recommend that you email us at petsourfamily2021 at gmail.com. Or you can contact us on Instagram, Pets Our Family Podcast, or Facebook at Pets Our Family Podcast. And you can now also listen to our podcast on Facebook. It is now linked there as well. Amazing. Technology. It's so fantastic because <laughs> you can find us in most of the other places where you're going to find your streamable material, uh, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, uh, Apple will have right. us as well, all of those. And we appreciate you wherever you are listening and yes. however you listen to the show. Yes, we thank you very much for your time of listening to us, and we encourage you to comment or offer us some suggestions on topics that you would like to hear us talk about. But today, our topic is going to, again, be safety for your pets around this holiday season. There's a lot to watch out for. Oh my gosh, yeah. Things you probably don't even think about a lot of the times, especially when you have friends and family coming over. You're more focused on how are we going to handle the friends and family situation, not sure. your pets. Yeah. So we have to always remember yeah. that they're part of this whole little group too. Yeah, this whole this whole you know togetherness right. time that we like That's to have. Right. And uh, Thanksgiving was... Possibly a challenge for people. For some people, it probably was. Getting back into seeing friends and family again, uh, having pets that maybe they had acquired during the COVID shutdown, and so those animals may not have had the same socialization that they would have had before the pandemic hit. And so there were probably some challenges associated with that. And we can also talk a little bit about that today if you didn't get together over Thanksgiving and the first time that you're going to be getting together is maybe over the Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa holiday season or around New Year's, you know, what are you going to do with your animals and how are we going to try to make it comfortable for them as well? Yeah. Uh, the big thing for us was people wanting to bring their pets. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, because we do have a lot of that where people have spent so much time with their animals and so they're so used to being around them that they want them to come they along want too. They them to come along. That was our big challenge. Yes, and it that is. can be for certain mm-hmm. um, because now you're bringing a new animal into an environment that your own pets may not be used to or your sure. family's pets may not be used to and so what in the world are we going to do there? It really depends on the sociability of the animal that you're bringing in Uh, their personality and the personality of the animals in the household where you're going because we have to take that into serious consideration because we're going to be upsetting their normal balance by bringing all these people in and then potentially additional animals. Yeah. So talk to your friends and family. If you haven't visited with your pets before, find out what the personalities are. Uh, You should know the personality of your own animal too. Um, Are they going to integrate well? 
or did they maybe not be able to get out and get that socialization that they would have gotten you mm-hmm. know, a couple of years ago? And if they haven't been able to socialize, maybe it's better for them to stay home because it's going to be very stressful for them to go into a new environment and travel. Uh, and if you can find a pet sitter that could come into your house, they're going to be probably a lot more comfortable. But if you do want to take them, I highly suggest you talk to your veterinarian about uh, maybe some medications or some supplements that might help to reduce some of the stressors that we often oh, nice. see at this I, time of I, year. I wouldn't have even yeah. thought of that. I would have just there, you know, been like, oh, or maybe they need to be in separate <laughs> rooms or they'd be in the room with the door closed. And that's yeah. sometimes not great because yeah, they'll start to freak still out and, upset. and gnaw, gnaw yeah. and stuff. And boy, you certainly don't want to have to replace grandma and grandpa's door yeah. <laughs> you know, when you go visit. So there are some things that can be started now because we're early enough in December that if you do it now, you might have everything kind of on board before you go for this visitation, especially when it comes to some of the supplements that they can start taking. So there are some calming things that they can take over the counter. You can talk to your veterinarian about some of the options that might be available and appropriate for your pet. And if that's not maybe going to be enough, talk about the medication options that might be available as well. So certainly think ahead now for what's coming up in the future so that you can be prepared completely. Yeah. And communication is always key. Communication (laughs) with your veterinarian, communication with whoever you're going to visit or whoever's coming to visit. Yes. Don't be afraid to have that conversation. It's important to have that conversation so everybody's on the same page because you might go, well, I can just put them in, you know, the spare bedroom or in a kennel and it's not going to be a big deal but it might be. Yeah. So we need to make sure that accommodations fit everybody or that maybe there's a boarding facility or a doggy daycare where they can go hang out during part of the day when you guys might be out going doing activities. So again, plan ahead yeah. and see if we can get everything kind of squared away for them if you're going to travel with them. Yeah. So and, Well, and Decker the dog does well with humans, mm-hmm. not so much with other animals yeah and we do see that that they might love being around the family so if you have no pets in the household where you're going that might be very easy to take him with you because he would integrate very well because it's just human beings that we're talking about but don't spring it on anyone oh gosh please don't 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 (laughs) don't be knocking on the door with the dog in the hand and i didn't know you were bringing your dog yeah that might put a little bit of tension in the old holiday festivities things are ratcheted up enough (laughs) yeah it's already stressful enough as it is and so Mm -hmm. let's try to reduce the additional stressors that traveling with pets or bringing pets with you or having people come to your house and your pets being there might bring yeah now, Deck, Decker, my dog, doesn't get human food mm-hmm. that much. There may be a scrap or a crumb that falls on the ground, and, and he'll get that. Right. But he doesn't. We don't feed him table scraps or or anything because it upsets his right digestive and system. Kudos to you because you've done a good job of also probably reducing the begging. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No. I mean, he'll bed. sit there and give you the look, but it's uh-huh. like this isn't for you. Yeah. Because I know what's going to happen. I don't want to wake up at midnight. And have to clean you know, up after clean that, up or, yeah, yeah. or have to walk you up and down the street while you take care of, you know, Business. whatever, whatever it was. <laughs> now, but I did, I do remember working with uh, someone who gave their pet a full plate of Thanksgiving food. Oh boy! So I'm guessing that's probably not a good idea. Not really? So a lot of the stuff that we cook for Thanksgiving or Christmas are usually pretty similar type sure. meals that we're talking about. So the skin on the turkey uh, is often very fatty and it has a lot of grease and oil in it and then whatever spices that you've used to help flavor that turkey. 
Some of those things can be very upsetting to their stomach and the high fat content in some of the foods that we often enjoy. That's why we like them that's because why there's we like, so that's much That's why Thanksgiving is a lot of people's favorite holiday. <laughs> Absolutely. can cause a lot of just stomach irritation, intestinal upset, or pancreatitis, and that's going to lead you with uh, probably a trip to the vet sure. uh, and a dog or cat that's got some vomiting, diarrhea, stomach pain, um, maybe really, really sick pets for some of these animals that don't tolerate these sudden changes in food or have not been able to eat these highly fatty foods and have no experience with them. Yeah. Uh, or even those animals who might have some food allergies. Now we've kind of upset the balance that they may have been doing really well with their diet. And so they're going to potentially have some significant issues. Um, so we kind of joke in our profession that we have the post-holiday pancreatitis run, and that's actually quite true. <laughs> Has that been happening where where you yes. where you hang your shingle? <laughs> yes, we get some animals that come in. It may not be full blown pancreatitis, but we're seeing the gastroenteritis and the diarrhea come mm-hmm. in. That's for sure. Um, so these are things that we can try to avoid by being very careful about how we treat our dogs and our cats during this time of year. So avoid the highly fatty foods. Definitely don't feed them the skin off of that turkey, or if you're going to cook a chicken or something along those lines. Yeah, and ha- ham. ham. Ham is fatty, yeah. and so. So we or have the to drippings be, from the ham. Or that something. is probably one of the most dangerous things because it's very highly concentrated in fat. Yeah. Um, so, and they're going to be begging for it left and right. I mean, oh, it yeah, smells so it, good. Yeah. How could they not yeah, want they, it? Yeah. And so a lot of people go, well, if I just put a little bit on their food, be prepared that that little bit might cause you a lot of problems yeah. you know, in the next couple of days after doing that. So what do we give them if we want to give them something that seems like a little bit of a treat? You know, carrots are okay for most dogs. Um, you know, of course, always talk to your veterinarian and consult with them before you make a decision on a, a supplemental food to feed them. But carrots are generally pretty good. Green beans, uh, low salt, of course. Uh, peas, some dogs love just regular peas. Um, whether it's frozen or, you know, you rinse them off out of the can or they're fresh mm-hmm. off of the, the vegetable counter. They love that kind of stuff. There's a crunch to them a lot of times. So it gives them that little bit of sweetness and that little bit of crunch that those animals are usually going for. Uh, you know, a little bit of sweet potato without all the butter and the cinnamon. And without the orange juice and All the and good the stuff that usually goes in it. And sugar and yep, the, yeah. Yep. yep. Um, white potato, again, without all the butter and the milk and the cream and the salt and the pepper and the garlic that we would usually put in it here. I mean. Well, garlic is. It's toxic. It's toxic. Absolutely toxic. That's on, and that's so on are that onions. List yes. Yes. Onions as well. Onions I mean, as we, well. We, a lot of us know grapes and chocolate yes. and... But people may not think about, well, I just put a little bit of garlic powder in here. Well, that's concentrated garlic. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the way that we like to cook to really season our food, a lot of the things that we naturally put in there are actually dangerous for our animals to eat. And so that's why we as veterinarians often say, hey, if you're going to cook something for your animal, do not add the seasoning. Do not add the salt and the pepper. Do not add the garlic and the onion and all that stuff. It's just plain yeah and you know what dogs like it that way yeah they don't necessarily have to have well, yeah. all and the you fun see stuff. The, in the in the fancy pants uh refrigerated dog food you know containers the, in mm. the tube or whatever you'll see bits of carrot you'll see yep. you'll see peas you'll see the peas in mm-hmm. there you yep. you can see it and they're whole you yeah. know and in, that's in the the mix of the stuff that they yep you know in are, their little loaf mix <laughs> in the loaf yeah you know that's yep 
So the things that we really want you guys to try to avoid, like we just started mentioning, would be the things like chocolate. A lot of people very well aware that chocolate chocolate is toxic. Very common thing to have around Christmas and the holidays. It goes in those stocking stuffers, of course, which would be very easy for a dog to pull down, depending on how big they are, off the old fireplace uh, and really enjoy that little snack in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you wake up in the morning with a mess. Uh, we're definitely going to want to avoid the baking products if we can. You know, a lot of people like to cook their own breads at this time of year. And yeast dough is very appealing to dogs, but very toxic to them, too. Really? And the reason is the yeast actually ferments when they eat it, and it can cause them to actually be drunk off of the fermentation products that come out of there. So then we would end up seeing them for essentially alcohol toxicity mm-hmm. when they come to us. And then for those people who really want that sweetness to their baked goods but can't have the sugar, we're talking artificial sweeteners. And the most common one is xylitol, and that is highly toxic to dogs. At certain doses, it can cause low blood sugar. At other doses, it can cause fulminant liver failure or even death. Do we know that as another name, Stevia or No, Xylitol is the brand that I'm aware of. Stevia is different. Um, That is a more... Like Sweet and Low or Stevia or or those, you know, other... Surprisingly, the... uh, The other stuff people put in their coffee and stuff. The NutraSweet and the Splenda and things like that, they tend not to be toxic. They might make them a little nauseated to eat it, but it's not necessarily going to lead to the liver failure that we're going to see was xylitol and that is now also becoming a common additive to some peanut butters that people are like oh yeah just wrap my dog's pill in some peanut butter we're good to go not realizing that their peanut butter might have an artificial sweetener in it sure so that's another thing to be out there and we as a profession are asking can we please start putting some warning labels on some of these products that contain xylitol so that Animals aren't coming in sick from accidentally eating it or, you know, a good intentioned person not realizing that what they're giving is yeah. toxic. Yeah, because obviously nobody wants to no. poison <laughs> the, their pet on No, purpose. it's certainly not on purpose. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing the majority of people out yes. there do not want to do that on no, purpose. No, 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 no. But, you know, it. You and you'll feel horrible yeah. when you read the label and you're like, oh, my land. Yeah, yeah. And so we've even had, mm. you know, there are times when we recommend certain over-the-counter um supplements for aiding in calming and sleep that humans usually use and we would have to warn people hey why don't you read that label because they're sweetening that too Uh, and so we've had some animals come in again with us letting them know try this but they went and grabbed a product that unknowingly contains xylitol yeah. And those animals come in. Yeah, I'm a label reader now. Yeah, because yeah, <clears> my have low, to be my low sodium diet that yep. I'm on. So you're used to just I'm, turning I'm, that label oh, around. Yeah. Read yeah. the ingredient you, list. You can tell what aisle I've been in in the store because there's, there's going to be one product on each of the things that's Turn spun around. around. Yeah. Yep. And yep. the display of three, I've spun one of them around to look at the and then left it on the shelf because I can't have it. Right. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Poor Tom. Yeah. Uh, but besides foods, uh, you know, some of the other things that we can talk about, oh, you know, we think about grandma's fruitcake. Um, you're probably going to have raisins in there too, or mm-hmm. grapes. And so again, avoid that too. That just goes along with those foods that we want to avoid. But besides food, you know, there are some things that we start hanging up around the house Sure. and some of it's regional because here in Southern Arizona, we don't often have holly around here, but other parts of the country would have ready access to that. And the berries on the holly can be toxic. And so we want to, again, avoid allowing dogs and cats to have access to some of these more natural products that we decorate our homes with. You know, the Christmas tree, if you have the live tree in the house, you're adding a water to the base and then yep. an additive to extend the life of your Christmas tree. 
those water additives can be toxic to your pet, so you need to make sure that it's covered yeah. so that your cat's not going under it's there. it's a big water bowl. Absolutely, especially for the cats who like to climb up under the right? tree yeah. and go, oh, well, while I'm here, why yeah. don't I get a drink of that water? <laughs> Lovely. So we need to make sure that that's covered so that our dogs and cats are not drinking out of the Christmas tree water. Make sure that they have plenty of other water sources around the house. And then, of course, we have the tree itself. So really, the tree, unless they're eating so many needles off of the tree and the branches and stuff, they're typically okay to be around the animal unless they're allergic to them. Of course, you have animals out there with pine tree allergies, and so it might make them more itchy during this time of year and more skin problems, ear problems. But typically, they're pretty safe to have around the animal as long as it's a well-hydrated tree and they're not, again, eating the tree. Yeah. So, Because what we're worried more about is an intestinal obstruction and, again, some stomach upset from eating the pieces of the tree and all the needles getting stuck in there. But what we're more concerned about is what's going on that tree. Heather just bought some tinsel. Yeah. Glad you don't have a cat in the household, aren't you? don't have a cat in the house, and Decker the dog could care less, but there's some shiny silver tinsel on the tree this year. Yeah. She's going old school on us. Yeah, I remember doing that as a kid, Mm -hmm. hanging that tinsel on the tree, and that is one shiny play toy that cats have a hard time saying no to. So cats, and they love strings, and they love hanging things and things that move. That's part of their nature as hunters. And they're going to grab and play with that tinsel. Well, they also have a tongue that's very rough, as most cat owners know. If they've ever been licked by their cat, they know how rough that tongue is. It's very easy to get that tinsel kind of stuck on their tongue as they're licking it. And then they just keep licking and licking and swallowing and swallowing. And guess where that tinsel goes? Yep. And then they end up with a linear foreign body, which is an intestinal surgery that we have to go in and take care of. So we really try to avoid in a household with cats the tinsel yeah. and some of the types of garland that might have some of the hanging oh, but fun the, things. But, oh, but they'll just, they'll just poop it out. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot unfortunately, of them don't just poop it out. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of cases. I'm guessing that's what most people will think. Yeah. Oh, it, and you may have. Pass. It'll, it, it, they'll just pass it. And you know, there's probably those animals who have been able to do that until that one time they don't. Right. And then they end up in an until emergency it strangulates surgery. somewhere. Yeah, you know, yeah, it just kind of binds up on itself, kind of like a purse string, tightening up those the round purse. So yeah. that's what happens with the intestines, and they don't like that. Yeah. Because they're still trying to move things along, and it's not moving, and then they get upset and keep trying to move, and then we end up with that tinsel trying to cut through the bowel or the bowel placating on top of itself and actually intussuscepting. So it's basically sucking in on itself. So those are some pretty dangerous things. And just real simple, just don't put the tinsel on the tree. Don't have the hanging stuff around. And I cut you off and you started in on garland. Oh, yeah. Garland can be similar too. So again, we've got something that's very shiny. uh, And there's a string that usually runs through the center to help support that. And the cats might chew on that and ingest some of that. All the ribbons that go on the packages, I mean, those are like beacons yeah. <laughs> to the cat mm-hmm. and the dog. Some dogs like to get under there and play with all the wrapping and the Christmas presents. I mean, there's all these shiny new things under the tree. This looks like great fun. Why don't we tear it up and we eat it and then stuff happens. And so we just need to be real careful about how we're decorating those Christmas presents or maybe don't put the ones with the shiny bows under the tree until the morning of where sure. everybody can kind of be there to watch and make sure that nobody's getting in trouble. Yeah. Uh, there are little barriers that you can put up around your tree if you need to, little gates and stuff. Yeah. So think about doing that. Keep the glass ornaments way up on the tree so that the dogs and the cats aren't knocking them off of the tree and breaking on the floor. Or if you have a cat who climbs the tree, no glass ornaments probably altogether. Yeah. Uh, same thing with make sure that your lights are um, 
in good working order, that we don't have any strands that might have some frays on them. Look at them every day to make sure that your cat and dog aren't chewing on the cords because we do have some cord chewers out there. There are some wraps that you can put around your cords that you would just put around your everyday electronic products as well to try to protect what comes off of the tree and goes to the wall to hopefully keep them from actually chewing through that area that's easy for them to have access to. Um, so that's pretty much the tree safety. So now we talk about also potpourris that come out at this time of year. Some of those oils can be toxic, so let's not let them have access to that. Burning candles, very enticing to cats. They get up on everything. They walk around. They knock things down. Yeah. Cat gets lit on fire. House gets lit on fire. I yeah. mean, things happen. So it's really be thinking about where is my animal going to go? Where do they want to go? And what might entice them to go places where they shouldn't normally go? And how can I keep them safe during this time of year? Yeah. And then obviously the big one is the poinsettia. Oh, yeah. De so de Depending on how you want to say it. I so, saw a beautiful display uh, when I was walking Decker the dog. They had them all set out. Had to be a dozen of them mm. on their front porch area with the manger scene and everything. And I was thinking to myself, well, I hope the neighborhood cats... Don't, don't start. Come, don't come visiting. Yeah. Because poinsettias are toxic. Now, they're not as toxic as used to be thought, where we're thinking we're going to have a deceased pet um, if they chew on something like that. But boy, can they cause some mouth irritation, stomach irritation, esophageal irritation, intestinal irritation. So you're going to have that vomiting, diarrhea, not eating cat. And then cats that don't eat can get sicker. And so we really want to avoid letting the cats have access to that. The same can happen to the dog. But it really tends to be the cats who like to chew on these more than the dog does. And so they're beautiful. They come out at this time of year. So keep them up where the cats can't get to them. Sure. Um, so we do recommend just being careful about what plants you're bringing into the household. Um, the other plants that you might see coming out at this time of year and do include the lilies. While that's usually more of an Easter time thing that we tend to talk about, some lilies can come out as part of arrangements at this time of year. Highly toxic to cats. The water, the pollen, the, the entire plant, it's all toxic. So if you have cats in the household, just don't have the lilies in there. If they come into a, with a bouquet, just remove the lilies from your bouquet. Uh, and please don't display the lilies outside because you've got neighborhood cats that roam. Yeah. So. Uh, how about those people traveling? Yeah, with uh, their pets. with their pets. I mean, Thanksgiving is obviously a busy travel time, mm -hmm. and now Christmas yep. uh, can be for some people. They'll be traveling, right? And so you want to plan ahead for this. Think about if you're driving. Think about what your route is going to be, and maybe pick out in some of the places where you might be stopping or driving through where there might be emergency veterinary facilities, mm -hmm. and get those phone numbers in your pocket, in your phone, just in case something happens during your trip. Because we do have animals that get sick during travel, and we've actually had some come through Tucson where they've had to stop and see us on their way to another part of the country. And so it's helpful to know what's available in the areas that you're going so that you can plan ahead for that. Have your animals' vaccine records, pertinent medical history, plenty of medication if they are on them going with you, and talk to your veterinarian ahead of time because if you do have an animal who doesn't enjoy travel, then again, we're going to talk about trying to reduce their stress during travel. If you're flying, you need to contact your carrier, your airline carrier, and find out what their restrictions are about size of the animal. Can they come in the um, the cockpit, or not the cockpit, but the, the cabin, cabin with you? Or are they going to have to travel underneath the plane? And now it is 
pressure control, but not always temperature controlled the way we would expect it to be. And so some of these animals may not be allowed to travel, um, especially because it gets really cold, and we don't want them, them getting too cold. Well, yeah, in the process I mean, you're up at 35,000 feet. Right. It's a lot colder up there at 35,000. It's 35, a whole lot colder. It's a way lot colder. <laughs> yes. And, and that. You know, they're they're not really concerned about the baggage being cold. Yeah, cold. Or, the baggage or, can get cold. Yeah, but our pets cannot get that cold. So you definitely want to plan ahead if you're going to be flying with your pet. International travel is a whole other thing, and that one is going to require somebody who actually is well versed in international travel. And a lot of people don't travel with their pets during this time of year internationally. But if you're going to, you're going to want to get a service that actually helps you go through that process because you should have started planning this. Probably about six months ago. There you go. <laughs> you were planning to travel. Yeah, I hate to break it to yeah. you, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're behind the It is a now. process yeah. <laughs> to travel with your pets internationally. So um, really talk to your veterinarian. Know your animal. Yeah. You really know your dog or cat that you're traveling with because, you know, if they love it, take them with you. But make sure, again, that where you're going is going to accept them. If you need to stop and rest and look for pet-friendly hotels. A lot of places do accept pets of certain sizes. Sure. Uh, and so just, again, plan ahead so that you're not stuck. <laughs> uh, and also look at the weather because you may run into some unforeseen weather. And if you're kind of going, well, where am I going to stay? Have some additional options available in case you get kind of trapped somewhere and yeah. you're traveling across you country. Know, or, or you're, you know, now you're in lockdown on the freeway. Right. You know, it's a snowstorm and... Have plenty of blankets, water, and food stored up for yourselves and for your pets. Yeah. Just in case you do get stuck while you're traveling. Yeah. What else do we got for them? Well, I think it's really, you know, a lot of people like to include their pets in the holiday celebration. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of fun. Uh, When they decide to go ahead and get them their own stocking or get them their own presents. So when you're planning on this, make sure that it's a toy or treat that's appropriate for your pet. The right size toy, the right type of treat. If they have any food sensitivities, please be careful of those because there's a lot of stuff that comes out at this time of year. But there's nothing wrong with including your pet in the holiday celebration. Uh, You know, when people are coming over to your house, just ask them to respect your pet's space. Uh, If they already love your pet and your pet loves them, then of course it's going to be pretty easy integration. Um, But just make sure that your guests, family and friends um, are aware that your pet is part of the family too. And that there may be some special considerations that need to go in with that. Maybe hide grandma's medicine bag off the floor, put it up in the closet or in the bathroom and close the door so that they're not going to get a hold of that. You know, the things that we've talked about before about making sure our pets don't accidentally disappear during this time of year are still going to be in play now. Uh, Be careful when people are coming and going in and out of the front door. Uh, Make sure that your animal's microchip information is up to date. Make sure that they do have tags if they wear a collar, and we do recommend that they wear some kind of identification as well as having that up-to-date microchip as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, you know, there's going to be kids coming in and right. out. A bunch of packages coming <laughs> yep. in and out. Coming in and, and out. Uh, you know, it can get some animals quite worked up with all of the hubbaloo that goes on at yeah. this time of year. So. Yeah. Doorbell because they ring the doorbell a lot oh of times. Gosh, the uh, post office or somebody will ring the, the dogs do- start going crazy. And they just go nuts and <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, it's a package, yes, buddy. It's just, just a package, right? It's not a package for you. They're maybe going, it is. Maybe it is. Right? Maybe that's what they're hoping for. That's, maybe that's why they get all excited when the doorbell they, rings. Yeah, they want. They want it to be theirs. Yeah, because now. Decker likes a car ride. Yes. But it's a 20-minute car ride to take my son to school or something. So I think I would still probably have to, you know, 
be aware of that if it's a six-hour car right. ride versus a 20-minute. You're going to want to make sure that you have plenty of stopping time available because your dog's going to need to get out and stretch their legs just like you want to get out and stretch your legs. Yeah. And they might need to go to the bathroom. So you want a nice fitting leash and harness preferably than collar because unfortunately, animals that spook pull backwards and slip their collars even if they're a well-fitting collar. It's happened to Decker. It happens in front of our hospital more than you would like to admit that those collars, first of all, probably aren't tight enough. And sure. second of all, the animal is just doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And so they're just trying to back away. There's a lot of noise associated with the traffic that goes on around there, and some of them can get spooked. And so then they back up, back up, back up, and you're trying to pull on that leash and it just slides right over their head. Yeah. It's a little less likely, though it can happen with a harness, but if you have a nice, well-fitted harness, it's less likely for them to be able to slip out of that, and you have a little bit better control of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and you can put their identification on that as well. Nice. Uh, if I'm driving with my pet and it is cold mm. outside, mm -hmm. do I necessarily have to have the window open? Because that's always yeah. the thing. Well, they like to have the window open, right. or I have to have the window open. Right. To you know, I think it's going to depend on your animal and their comfort level with the weather. If you're from here, where it's always hot, doesn't matter yeah. what time of year it is, yeah. and you're going into it's cooler 80 weather. 80-something yeah. today right. here, <laughs> in, here in southern Arizona. <laughs> We're well above average for yes, some Yes, right definitely. Um, and you're traveling into cooler weather. They're not going to be acclimated to that. Yeah. So you might actually make it a little too cold in your car. Uh, so you might want some air circulation. So you may go ahead and turn on your ventilation system in your car and have the air flowing, just making sure that it's not too hot for them, especially if you have any of the shorter muzzled dogs. They don't do well in hot temperatures. Um, so we don't want to make the car too hot for them because then they might start to overheat. Even if they're driving in cooler weather, if you've got your car cranked up to high heat, you might make your little short-muzzled dog too hot because they're also stressed with the driving, so they're going to be panting more. When they're going to have to get outside, we don't want them spending too much time outside in bare paws on the ground, so hopefully they... Yeah, especially if they're not used to it. A dog right. that lives here in southern Arizona it's no big deal. has never seen snow. Yeah, yeah. So... They're going to be kind you know, of... You go up to Colorado, <laughs> all of a sudden they're going to be in the snow and they're going to be yeah. like, what, what is, this? is this? And they like to play in it. And most of them can play in it for quite a while before it becomes a problem. But if you have a short-coated dog who is not acclimated to cold weather, they're going to lose that body heat a lot faster. Yeah. And so we need to make sure that we get them inside, get them dried off if they're in the snow and warm them up. And also make sure that their feet aren't getting too cold Again, because they're just not used to being out in that kind of weather. They have not acclimated to that area. Yeah, yeah. kind of like in the summer when the, exactly. the pavement is 150 yeah. degrees. and You don't walk don't, your dog. You don't, you don't walk barefoot you don't, on that. You don't, you don't want your dog, your dog walking on no. either. Same rules apply, yeah. just at this it's lower the temperature. other direction, yeah. yeah. And so you can get little foot coverings for your dog if they're willing to wear them. And it would just be short-term when they're outside if necessary, if you're going to have to spend long periods of time, but most people aren't. Most people just want to get out, do their business, get back in the car, and your dog's probably the same way. Yeah. <laughs> so we now know the foods to avoid. Yep. Uh, we got our travel tips. Yep. Um, people coming in and out of the house. Yep, and the in-house decorations. And the decorations yep. that we should avoid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, or put the barrier around the tree or, or you know, whatever. Yep. So, and this time of year, you know, it's supposed to be filled with love and family. So let's just make sure that our pets are included in that. Because, you know why? Because pets are family. Pets are family. Yeah. So we need to make sure that they're included as well in all of our plans. Absolutely. 
and and you know commun- like I said before communication is key absolutely communicating important. with people coming into the house you know should I bring something for the dog right <clears throat> and make sure that you know elk horns or <laughs> yeah, whatever please don't because then we have to take care of broken teeth <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> make make sure we know what the dog can handle right. and and you know what what they like people wise and yeah. and other pets around the house wise and let's just make sure that everyone in the family has a safe and festive holiday season Absolutely. whatever holiday we're celebrating that's right and uh happy holidays to everyone out there from us at the pets are family podcast yes, we wish you the best coming into this new year and may it be a blessed one for you all absolutely pets are family dr debbie a pleasure as always yes thank you so much tom we'll it's talk always fun talk to you soon. Bye.